the owner, yes, he signed a contract at the bottom, but on different pages there were initials. He did not initial. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna get a call at some point about signing this. I'm like, y'all want me to move in without paying a deposit? I'm like, y'all call me the 15th. It should be the 15th. The Big Deposit Podcast starts in three. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. I decided I wanted to help create a thousand millionaires, including myself, and not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting the journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. So first, I want to start off by giving a shout out to everyone supporting us and the channel. We definitely appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 370 videos on our channel. Cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sebi, we got that. Travel and lifestyle vlogs, got it. Makeup got it hair growth got it real estate got it basketball got it it's everything us all the parts of the journey that don't make it to youtube will probably be on our story and you can find me on instagram at donovan gray d-o-n-i-v-a-n-g-r-a-y and my phenomenal beautiful amazing girlfriend anita Byrne. a-n-e-t-a-b-u-r-n the bamboo project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you do every day for us that's the food project the music project the clothing project the fitness project the sports project and the bamboo project podcast which you are listening to right now this may be your first time here and if it is welcome to the family but for everyone else this is chapter 2 page 74 now the podcast has four different segments the first segment is the life update on the way to creating a thousand millionaires we'll have our ups and our downs all of that will be in the life update we have the episode playback which is a recap of last week's episode and the things i could have done better then we have donovan's questions which is a question that i had earlier in the week that i want to present to you guys and then we have the topics of the day all video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below today's date is august 18th it is currently 7 59 p.m so a lot of you guys are going to be new and i just wanted y'all to know so we'd like to start shooting the podcast earlier in the day that's usually our goal and we like to shoot on tuesdays because tuesdays are for podcasts if you are following me on instagram however this was a very wild and tumultuous week and we are shooting the podcast on wednesday and i will get into that because trust me that is something that's i mean probably that's for the title so y'all probably already know what it is but for people again who are new i like to start off with the screen time that i did for the week because it helps me to keep track of how i spend my time so i like to make sure i document it just in case anybody else wants to know how much i spend on my time of my time on the phone and it also kind of makes people think about themselves and be self-reflective and go hey i wonder how much time i spend on my my phone myself so uh, i'm gonna start off with that okay here we go so eight hours and five minutes was the daily average from last week which again i want to i'm pretty sure that's higher because i've been driving around using google maps and you know obviously this will show how much time i spent on that so sunday my time was seven hours and 55 minutes on monday it was seven hours and 23 minutes on tuesday it was nine hours and 28 minutes which was yesterday and today so far has been seven hours and 33 minutes so let's see see all activity let's see where i've been spending my time youtube today i'm gonna go for the week instead of just daily so safari i was on my phone for six hours youtube for five hours and 17 minutes instagram for three hours and 31 minutes google maps for three hours and 25 minutes so that's actually kind of interesting i thought that i would have a higher amount of time on the google maps so now i'm kind of curious as to why my time is so high i wasn't spending all of that time on google map driving around uh, i was on youtube today for two hours and 35 minutes what was i doing yes okay yesterday out of my nine hours what the heck that's crazy 
two hours was on Google Maps, two hours was on Safari, and an hour was on YouTube. How did I get to nine hours? What is this great thing? That's crazy. That's not really telling me. And I had 135 pickups. So those are my weekly phone use stats. Uh, so as you guys saw by the title, I will be getting into how we somehow lost three Airbnb units after we already signed the lease to move in. And I'm gonna tell you about how that story went. We have a YouTube video that's gonna come out. We've recorded everything as far as us coming here, as far as you know, the furniture of us buying it and places we went out to eat and just traveling, a regular vlog. Uh, so I'm gonna leave most of that stuff for the video and I'll just kind of get into where everything kind of just went wrong, right? So one of the things that we had to deal with over this uh, time period is the things that we have been having to deal with this whole entire time was the fact that we had to have furniture delivered to the Airbnb property, right? And we had the furniture delivered to we had the furniture delivered to the property. And this is probably one of the most heartbreaking things in my life. I feel like at this point, I was trying to go down a list of things I feel like make me feel like this. And I don't really have that many things. Um, the one that comes to mind would be uh, what happened to me in college with that girl I was dating. Um, I don't know if my father's death would count because I, I feel like the people involved caused it so i i i'm not surprised because i knew they were really doing a lot of wrong so i don't know if i feel the same way about that i was hurt by that one but i was hurt more so because i lost my dad as opposed to i don't how supposed to be a heart it's, it's a it's two different types of feeling I, it's like that one i was i was more upset i think that's a difference i was more upset about that one because i'm like this could have been prevented you guys kept doing fucked up shit it was this is you guys fault in my I'm talking about my family and the doctors in that case and this one is more of like heartbroken it's something like how did this happen there's no explanation what is going on this is like how did we get here so we got here on sunday on saturday night i believe and uh sunday was our moving date and we were supposed to move furniture in. We went to the property and there was a mess in the property. And we were like, okay, how are we moving in? All the stuff is here. There's garbage there. Whoever was living in before left food out is molding. It's a lot of just craziness happening in, that, in two of the apartments, right? One of the apartments we did not actually have the key code for. They gave us all the key codes, but the first floor, for whatever reason, we could not enter. I guess they changed the code. So that was an issue, right? So now we're like, okay, maybe... Whoever was here before us didn't clean. It's not a big deal. We'll just hire cleaners to come and take care of that. So as we hired some cleaners, they scheduled to come over uh, the next day to clean. And we're like, okay, everything will be fine. And I was going to just have the locks removed anyway because we want to put on our own locks. We feel like, okay, we know we want to have higher security. We want to have locks that have keys and a key code in case guests get kind of confused with the key code. So I want to change the locks. So I had texted the realtor. I said, hey. Uh, we, we know we're trying to clean up. We're going to clean the property. That's one that you know, we're going to remove the locks or whatever. And he's like, no, nah, don't do that. You can't move in yet. And we're like, what do you mean we can't move in? So he explains to us, you know, why we can't move. I'm not really going to get into that part. I'm giving context as to us not being able to go inside. So now that we can't move in, we've already ordered thousands of dollars worth of furniture to go to the lip, to go to the property. So this is going to be uh, furniture, furniture to furnish two apartments at this at this point so it's going to be four beds and couches and chairs and sofas and food all types of just things that we need to furnish two apartments so now we have a problem because we had assumed that we would be in the property to receive all of these packages but at this point we found out we cannot so we have to find somewhere else to stay in the meantime and then figure out a solution for the packages so we're staying at a different Airbnb. We're staying at a different Airbnb to kind of just get everything situated. So we're driving back and forth pretty much all the days that were all of set, all of Sunday and all of Monday. We're driving back and forth to pick up packages. We had to find a storage unit that allows us to have packages delivered. We're hoping maybe 
we could change the address of the packages and then have them delivered to the storage unit. So we found a storage unit that allows us to do that. We're like, okay, we overcame that. You know, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why we can't move in or whatever. You know, this is kind of funny, whatever. So that's what we're doing for us all of Sunday and all of Monday, right? And we're still trying to figure out what's going on, why we can't move in. They said that the other person didn't move out yet and a bunch of stuff, it's a bunch of stuff came up. So we're like, all right, they said we have to wait until the following week to move in. We're like, you know what? That's a really big inconvenience, but sure. One person told us we can move in next week. Another person said that we can move in in three weeks from today or two weeks from today, from that day. So we're like, you know what? It's a big inconvenience, but it's our first Airbnb in Philadelphia, three units, whole building. We're excited. We're like, you know what? We'll take that inconvenience. We're already here. We'll figure out a solution for it. As entrepreneurs, we always figure, you know what? If you have a problem, you solve it. That's what the whole journey is going to be. So, and a lot of pivoting. That's a lot. Another thing it's overcoming obstacles and pivoting. That's really what it means to be an entrepreneur. So that was Monday on Tuesday. Melissa and I are sitting in the car after just dropping off furniture. Like I said, we've been driving around and it's like 20 minutes from the, the storage unit to the apartment. And we're going back and forth all day when things get delivered. We don't want anything to get stolen because it can't go inside the unit. So FedEx, Amazon, uh, Wayfair, whoever overstock, whoever's delivering these things, they are actually leaving them on the sidewalk. And even as I speak, I feel more pain. I just remembered how much work we put in to get that chair into the car. We had got a, we had ordered a chair to be picked up from Target, and we had to actually, I thought it was going to be in a box. It was just a chair. It was a big chair, and we had to get it into the car. So it was a thing in itself, like, damn, how are we going to get this out of here? So it's just a lot of things like that, where it's like, damn, we put in so much work. We feel like we worked so hard to get here. And then Tuesday, we're sitting in the car, and I get a call from somebody named L. So I'm like, who is this person? I'm like, who? I don't know who this is. He calling me. I'm like, all right. So I call him back and he's like, hey, you know, I'm a friend of the owner or I work with the owner. And I just wanted to let you know that he said he no longer wants to continue with the lease. And I'm in the car with Melissa and we're like, what? What are you talking like? What are you talking about? What do you mean you no longer want to continue with the lease that you've already signed? It's already completed. So we're trying to understand what his problems are. We're like, okay, how did we get here? What is going on? He said that the owner heard that Airbnb is going to be banned in Philadelphia, right? And he is uh, unsure of the future of short-term rentals in Philadelphia. So he doesn't want to have to run into that problem when it gets there. So he'd rather cut his ties now. So I'm thinking, okay, that can't be possible because... I know there's a company called Sonder who's expanding in Philadelphia. So if anybody's going to know about the laws, it would be a company that is stationed here doing short-term rentals who has a lot of units here and getting more. I would think that they would be on top of knowing what the laws are in this city. So for them to be expanding means that they understand the laws and they it's, it's possible to still do Airbnb. So I'm trying to understand what could possibly have happened. He's telling me, yeah, man, listen, the owner doesn't want to do it anymore. So I'm like, I, I don't I don't get what you mean. He said, well, did you uh, pay a deposit? We're like, no, we didn't pay the deposit yet because the realtor told us that he was going to set up the portal to pay and he never set it up. So we're waiting for him to set that up. And he told us twice that he was going to set it up and he never did. So. Now, let me tell you something that the guy told me on the phone, right? He says to me, oh, that makes a lot of sense because the owner, yes, he signed a contract at the bottom, but on different pages, there were initials and he did not initial. So because you did not initial on the DocuSign document, the portal did not open. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make any sense. Like that, that's not, that, 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 that's not how that works. You don't sign a document on DocuSign and then it opens up the portal to pay your rent. That's not how that, that, it don't work like that. So I'm really trying to understand what, what is happening, right? And th all of this is recorded. The phone calls with him are recorded. So that will be in the video that we post. Um, you know, I guess, I mean, I can't, I guess I could put it here in terms of like 
cards. I don't have the thumbnail for it yet, but I can add the card later. Um, so you guys can watch that. And this is the thing that he's telling me. So I'm just like, Melissa's listening to it. She's like, okay, we're trying to figure out the problem. One thing that I realized I have a problem with during that phone call is I was so confused about what was going on. I was not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I was not, I wasn't in my zone in that, during that phone call. Like I, was, I wasn't sure what was happening. So what I realized I did wrong during that phone call was I was trying to tell him why it would, it should, it would still work and why it's okay as opposed to solving the problems that he has or that he and the owner have because that's the, it'd be equivalent of or i'll give you an example he's saying that they are not gonna ban airbnb in philadelphia no they are gonna ban it and i'm saying no they're not because they have owners they have people with hundreds of units here and him is like yeah well everybody's gonna have to close airbnb so I'm not actually solving his problem that he had of the regulations. At the at the time, honestly, I did not even know there was any regulations because, like I said, people are expanding here in Philadelphia. So even Sean from Airbnb uh, Automated has, I think, like 60-something units here. So I'm like, how would it not have come up at any point? We have his course. we in the Facebook group. Uh, he posts videos. How is it that we've never heard of this, right? So funny enough, as you guys know, we have... Have been host or we were wholesaling for a while right in philadelphia and in georgia a while back there was this big hoopla about wholesaling uh people who don't know wholesaling is when you get a contract for a house like you're gonna buy it and then you sell that contract to somebody else so you go hey sir owner i want to buy your house they say okay sign a contract to buy the house i go to another person say hey sir you're gonna buy my contract to buy this house they go okay sure i'll pay you five thousand dollars for that contract and i'll buy the house that's how wholesaling works we were doing that here right we didn't get any deals but that's what we were doing here and There was a whole hoopla about them banning wholesaling, similar to the Airbnb thing. Very similar. Everybody was up in arms. It was all over YouTube. People posting videos about it. Uh, bigger wholesalers were like, oh my God, this is going to be, they're going to ban wholesaling. Everybody had their opinion. Everybody was trying to get views for making uh, content about Philadelphia banning wholesaling. But when I, started, when I started to read the legislature on it, it said you have to have a license to wholesale and it costs $150. To get that and you'll be fine wholesaling or if you're a realtor it's fine you don't have a problem with wholesaling it's okay they were trying to prevent people from harassing uh property owners and trying to buy their property with uh, and lying to them about the, the price and value of their home that's what they were trying to avoid so fast forward to now there's a whole lot of hoopla again about well from this guy about how they're going to ban airbnb so i'm like okay this is a very, it's very interesting because I'm like, I don't, I don't know this to be true. So I said, Melissa brought up a, a, a point while I was on the phone. I said, okay, they, there's, it's like New York. It's going to be licensing where they're going to just have, you have to pay for a license and you have to follow the regulation that they have for the place. Right. So he goes, okay, I'm going to call you back and then I will, uh, I'm a, I think I'm going to talk to the owner and I'll call you back. I'm like, all right, cool. Right. So Melissa and I are now in a car like just dumbfounded about what's going on and we're like okay let's read into this let's find out what's going on so we're reading on it and just as we thought it was you got to pay a license which is 150 dollars what i realized or what i've learned is that people who are doing airbnb are doing it without the owner's permission in the new law or bill it says that you have to have the property owner has to be licensed to have that running in his building right so if you are, if you're doing that and they find out and he's not licensed, he's going to get fined for that because he's supposed to know what you're doing there. He could then come and sue you for that. Cause maybe you're breaching the lease or maybe if you aren't breaching the lease and he didn't do his due diligence, then he will be on the hook for that. But that's what I read. They were trying to prevent is from people just kind of running around doing Airbnb without any regulations or anything. You just, whatever they feel like doing. Right. So while Melissa and I are reading, the guy calls us back. And I'm, I'm asking, I'm like, hey, who are you? Like, I don't even know who you are. Like, what are you representing this guy? Like, I don't understand who you are. He's like, oh, no, we're just a friend. I just work with, we just work together. It's nothing, you know, we're just uh, friends that work together. Stuff like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, 
okay, that's odd to me. Cause I'm like, why would you have your friend call me to tell me that you don't want to do Airbnb? I don't even, I never talked to this guy in my life. I have not once ever heard this guy's name, never talked to him, never been referred nothing. I don't know anything about this guy. So we're on the phone and he now starts to tell me that he's read up on the law on the Airbnb situation. I go, okay, why did this man read me the articles that me and Melissa just read? He's reading the headlines. Airbnb now prohibited in Philadelphia, right? Uh, regulations come in for Airbnb. He's, he's reading and reiterating the headlines to me. And I'm like, that's not what's in the article. And he's like, yeah, you know, so I'm just saying he started reading the article, scrolling through it. He's like, yeah, you know, it says you're going to have to get a license or something like that. He said all the booking agents have to have a license. The booking agent would be Airbnb. Now, for anybody listening to this, if you had to take a guess, do you think that Airbnb makes a million dollars in Philadelphia, under a million, more than a million? What would you think? Do they make more than 100000 What number do you think they make? If you had to take a while, guess, I'll give you a second to think about it. Airbnb, which is now valued at several billion dollars, has hundreds of properties in Philadelphia. Just not, not even Pennsylvania, just Philadelphia itself. The amount of money that the Airbnb platform, Airbnb has to pay the city $7,000 and then they have to pay five, not. They have to pay $5,000 for the first year, and then I believe $7,000 every year after that to operate in Philadelphia. So do you think that Airbnb would forego paying that and say, you know what? We don't think it's worth paying $7,000 in Philadelphia because we're not really making enough money to cover that. Or do you think that they would hand that over in a heartbeat, right? He's trying to tell me, well, well, we don't know. You know, the owner's not sure if they're going to want to pay that. They, they may not want to pay that 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 fee they have to pay so i'm just like what are you talking about what is what is happening here who are like you clearly don't know anything about airbnb you don't know anything about short-term rental you don't know anything about anything and then when i'm explaining it it even becomes more apparent he has no idea what's going on so then as we're on the phone he's like yeah you know and you guys didn't even sign the lease so it's whatever and i'm like we signed two leases. We signed a lease the first time. Then we renegotiated and signed a second lease. He's like, oh, you signed the lease? I'm like, yes, we signed a lease. Two of them. So why would, what do you, so now I'm just like, who, why are you talking to me? I don't know why you're here. You don't have any information. So now that we're going back and forth, because like I said, after the first phone call, I was definitely frazzled. I'm like, what is happening? I'm not sure why you're calling or whatever. So during a second phone call, I have a better footing of the conversation because now I know that what he's talking about, what he's referring to. So now that I'm talking to him, he's now saying, well, yeah, man, I don't know. That sounds like the realtor's uh, problem. You got to talk to a realtor. I don't really know anything about what's going on. I just, I have no clue what's going on. I don't know anything. So I'm just like, if you don't know anything, why are you calling me? Like, I just, why are you on the phone with me if you don't know anything? I don't understand why you're calling me. So then, as we go on and on, and more of his his reasons start to fall apart, he he starts to he starts to transfer the the blame to the realtor. He's like, "Yeah, man, listen, I don't know what to do. I can't really help you." Call the realtor, right? So we're explaining. Then he goes, "Hey, did you guys uh, spend any money?" out here, you know, to, to do this, I'm like, yeah, we had to spend money for furniture, we had to spend money for storage because they changed the date of the move-in, we had to pay to come out here, we had to pay for car rentals, right, and he goes, oh, that's nothing, you can just return everything, you'll be okay, and I'm on the phone, and I'm like, we can just return everything, I'm like, what do you mean we can just return everything, do you know how large of an inconvenience it is to just not have to return two rooms worth of furniture, like, what makes you think that anybody wants to do that for no reason at all? Not for like, oh, man, we lost our house or, oh, man, it got burned down. Oh, man, we got robbed or something. Like we live out of a storage unit. No, you who signed the contract, who I don't even know who you are, the owner who signed the contract is now saying that he doesn't want to do it. So now we have to be on the hook for this furniture now sending it back. Right. And it's so crazy because it's almost as if, again, he has no remorse. He doesn't even care. He's like, well, just send it back. He's like, oh yeah, I just paid for lodging and oh that's fine, whatever. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. So we just kind of like, what is going on? So we told him to call. I think we told him to call the owner and say, okay, look, 
tell him this is what's going on with the law. I don't think he knows. I honestly know that we didn't tell him that. Then we told somebody else. The reason we got off the phone with him was because he no longer had an answer to what we were saying. He just kept saying, I don't really, I talked to the realtor. It's the realtor. Must have did it. it must be his fault. I don't know why. It's his fault. It's his fault. So I'm like, okay, mind you, you know, we've been talking to the realtor or whatever. So now we call the realtor and he's like, yeah, man, I, I talked to the owner. He blew up. On, I, I blew up on him because I'm like, why would you, why, why'd you do this? Right? So he said, well, I have to go to a meeting right now. I'm going to try and figure this out. I said, okay, fine. He called us back in like 30 minutes. Uh, he said that the owner had got, had got cold feet during the phone call or whatever. So he was like, hey, you know, I'm actually looking at another property in the area. I can show it to you guys. And at first I'm, I'm like, nah, we don't mind you. We weren't planning to look at no other property. We were just planning to set up this Airbnb. So I'm like, nah, I don't want to do it. He's like, nah, come on, just come. Just, I'll show it to you. You know, I'll show you in an hour from now. I'm like, all right, you know what? Fine. We're not even doing nothing. You're telling me this is canceled. So let's go get the Airbnb, right? So one thing I didn't mention yet, right? Which is there, there were multiple red flags. I'm, I'm going to come back to those. But there was one in my opinion I felt like was kind of odd to me that the owner and the realtor have the same last name, right? And then the other day I had called the realtor to ask him about the property. I'm like, why are we not moving in? What's like, what's going on? He told me to talk to the realtor and he told me the realtor was his brother. But I'm like, the realtor never told me that that was his brother. I'm like, why would he not tell me that? So that's just a bit of information because within that hour, we went to go meet him at the property, at this other property that he showed us, which we also have video of the building's not even done. It's he's, we're, we're walking over like lumber. There's metal beams up. Some of the rooms are kind of finished. They don't really have the, I don't know, it's funny. They don't have the finishes on them, but they're kind of finished. Like they have a floor, the walls are up. They have closets. They have doorknob, things like that. They have, a, a, not Wi-Fi. They have the, um, like the Nest thermostat or whatever, but they don't really have like faucets and whatnot, right? So we're walking through this construction site, right? Out of the, off a of whim. Now, I've never seen this before. My man, these are like two-bedroom apartments, and they're like 600 square feet in a two-bedroom apartment with a bathroom and a living room. And I'm like, what? What is this? What are you showing me right now? We go into the place, right? I've never seen, honestly, I can't think of a time I've seen a room that small in my life. The room was... Here's how big the room was, right? You can put a queen. This and mind, this is both of the rooms. This is the, the the main bedrooms and the side bedroom. Both of them are very small, but the main bedroom is big enough to fit a queen in, and that's it. And when I say that's it, I mean you have the queen in. You can scoot around like it might be like a, a foot of space to get to the closet, and that's it. There's no room for no uh, TV stand. There's no room for. Uh, a nightstand. There's no room for nothing. There's room for you to put the bed in there and scoot past and go inside of the closet. And I'm like, why are you showing? Like, what is this, right? So he's telling me of all the other properties. He's like, yeah, man, I have this other building that have 25 units coming up. I have this lady who's doing this and she's lady's doing that. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. This is all ridiculous. But I'm like, sure. If you have another opportunity, I'll look at it to see. So the reason why I brought up the brother thing is this. We go outside now and I'm talking to him about it. I'm like, hey, like, can you let's try and negotiate with the with the owner? Because I just I still don't know what's going on. If his problem is the fact that we if he's scared about the Airbnb thing, which I know won't be a problem, then how about we just do a month to month lease until they pass this bill and then we renegotiate the bill at that point. We'll pay them once of rent now and then at that point we'll move forward then. So He's like, okay, that might be able to work. You know, he, there's no, he don't lose anything and he makes money in the meantime because the property will just be sitting there. I'm like, okay, fine. That sounds good. So as we're talking throughout it again, he's like trying not to want to communicate with the owner. Like he's kind of leaning against like, oh, I don't really know if I want to talk to him. You know, he's not saying that, but he's like, you can tell by his body language. Every time I would bring the owner up, his, his language would change. Just, he kind of shy away from talking about it, right? So I go, okay. That's kind of weird. So I just like, yeah, man, I don't know why, you know, what's going on with the owner. Can you make sure you talk to him? So when I said that, he goes, yeah, listen, man, mind you, he already told me that he would talk to the owner about the month to month lease thing. Now he says, listen, man, the owner is, is, uh, 
he's very well connected. He's a very well connected owner. And uh, if he says that it's going, it's, it's not going to be here. He's not going to do Airbnb here. He probably knows because he know he knows a lot of people. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay. So you say you the owner who I found out was your brother, who you didn't tell me was your brother, was now so well connected. He knows it won't be Airbnb here, but he signed a lease to do Airbnb for two days ago, and now all of a sudden he changed his mind. Mind you, the people there are currently doing Airbnb right now. So not only are they doing Airbnb, the realtor is trying to get us to sign up for multiple other units. So if you are saying that this owner knows that they won't be allowed Airbnb here, why are you still trying to sell us Airbnbs if you know your brother, who you just told me is well connected, he knows, right? So either you wrong about him knowing or you wrong about uh, the realtor the uh, uh, selling these units. Something is not right here. And like I said, he never told me that was his brother not at one point ever another thing that happened during the week was i was like yo why can't we move in what's going on with that right i don't understand he gonna tell me listen man i'm not the owner i'm just a realtor i can't do anything i'm like what i'm like what because my here's my here's my issue with that right this is my issue with that when somebody tries to push blame on somebody else, I have a problem with that because I didn't say it was anybody's fault. I'm asking a question. I'm trying to understand what's going on. Why can't we move in, bro? I Listen, it's not on me. You got to talk to him. But I'm like, I've been talking to you this whole time. You never told me to talk to him before. So who do I talk to? If you're the only person connecting uh, me and him, who am I talk to to get to him? Right? So, okay. We're outside. I'm like, hey, man, I got a phone call from somebody today. Do you know this L person? He's like, yeah, that's his lawyer. I'm like, his lawyer? I'm like, yeah, he called me today. He's like, yeah, yeah that's his lawyer. And I'm just like, okay. So I, I thought it was very odd because when I asked him, do you represent this person? He told me no. I asked him, I think I might ask him two or three times. He said, nah, I don't. I'm just, I'm just a friend. So I talked to my cousin who's in law school and she said that it's unethical. It might be against the ethic standards of uh, law to not disclose that you are counsel for a party that you are representing because I'm, I don't have any counsel. So for him to be negotiating or representing this person and talking to me and not disclosing that they are that person's lawyer, that's unethical. So I'm like, okay, something fishy is going on here, right? So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to run down the red flags that we saw in hindsight is 2020. Okay, what that means is at the time we don't know their red flag, they kind of raise a signal, but you never know what a red flag is until afterwards, honestly, unless you've been through it before. So this is this is so ridiculous. So another thing that Melissa and I have been battling with is trying to understand what is considered negotiating as an entrepreneur and what is considered trying to force something as an entrepreneur like what is pushing through because you always hear you got to push through you got to keep going you got to don't stop right you just got to keep going that's what people say as entrepreneurs but at what point do you are you forcing something right at what point are, we, are we forcing something so these are some of the red flags that we saw right they're not in particular order just things that we noticed along the whole process this is for people who obviously may want to start Airbnb, maybe run into this, maybe find a way to get out of this. So one thing in the beginning, when I went to the property, and I'm pretty sure I brought this up on the podcast, they currently have tenants in the building, right? So they have tenants in the building, and when we went there, the guy was saying, the realtor was like, yeah, man, listen, they don't, uh, they don't even have anybody staying here. He was saying that nobody is actually staying in the unit, but somebody renting the three out. So to me, I'm thinking, okay, why would you want to have somebody else operate this space when you are currently getting money for free for the whole building from somebody else? I don't understand why you want to do that. And he said, yeah, man, we just want them out because they just don't use the space he kept showing me forks and knives that were still inside the still inside the packaging like hey man look at this they don't even use it so i didn't under, i didn't understand that i'm like it's free money but you want us i'm like all right sure i'm like i'm not mad at it i don't know what your reason is for kicking them out i don't know i have read an article i found on funny enough this exact property what happened was somebody had there's a common scam i realized where 
somebody will come into the unit, right? Let's say it's Airbnb or something like that. They'll stay there for a couple of days or whatever. They'll make a listing on Craigslist or Facebook or something like that. And then they'll po- they'll have it up there. Somebody will give them a deposit for that space. Then they'll come in and go there and live there thinking they're going to stay there, have their rent, everything done, have the furniture, everything done, and then get there and realize, oh, wow, you know, I can't actually live here. But they actually do move in. In this particular case, the person moved in, right? And then because that place was an Airbnb, the next guest or another guest was actually coming to stay in that unit. So the guest came and was like, wait a minute, who are you? Why are you living? Like, why? what are you doing here? And they were like, I live here. And they were like, you can't live here. I just booked this on Airbnb. Mind you, the cleaner is there. So now it's like, whoa, what is happening right now? We don't know what's going on. This is crazy. This is another thing that came up with this exact, pro- same exact property, same exact property this happened with, right? So I go, okay, that's, those are two red flags. Another red flag was the... Uh, the portal not being opened in time. Like the fact that the portal, they they did not want to collect the money from us. How how often do you pay for a service or sign a contract and the person on the other end does not want the money? I feel like pretty often they say, hey, all right, now the deposit. Honestly, they might want the deposit before you even sign the contract. They 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 like listen, pay up. We want the money. So it was two weeks. I did not hear from him about the about the uh portal. So I'm like, all right. He told me that someone else was gonna do it. Someone named another person, some other person that works with them, right? So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get a call at some point about signing this. I'm like, y'all want me to move in without paying a deposit? I'm like, y'all told me the 15th. It should be the 15th. Why y'all not send me the deposit, inf- the portal information? That was another red flag. Um, the fact that we thought the deal was done after a week where it was just kind of like, okay, well, I talked about it here too. We just like, you know what? I, I said to myself, you know what? I didn't get a response back. Forget it. I'll give him his day or two to see what happens. If everything goes well, good. If it doesn't, I've already talked about it as a loss. I got to the point where I was done with it. I get a text like, okay, boom, you know, the owner came back and wants to do it. So I'm like, all right, great. This is amazing. Like, I'm, this is amazing. I'm happy. Red flag, right? Um, Do you remember remember any red flags? Mm -hmm. Yourself? It's mostly the deposit the portal thing um and I feel like they took a lot of time to kind of get things close mm-hmm. like with us getting into our building the reason why it took so much time is because the city was involved in our building the city is involved in our building so it had to go through them but it's like as soon as the city gave the oh. approval we went like it's just everything just you know mm-hmm. um, I feel like with this it was a lot of feet driving and it's kind of like yeah I think going forward it's like listen we have a time constraint do you want to do this or not because I think that maybe just we have to uh, kind of set up rules for ourselves about what we will and will not allow and then kind of just stick to that yeah one thing i think too would be uh how we i think one thing that one of the problems that i feel like again in 2020 this is one thing i'll try and fix going forward we weren't on them as much we were giving them a lot of time to kind of make decisions and i don't again it's hard to it's hard to even say because it's like I don't want to rush you because I don't know what you're doing. But if I don't hear from you, I don't hear from you for a week about closing. Is that normal? Because you already signed the contract and you gave me a moving date. What more do I got to talk to you about? Like, if I call you and be like, hey, we're still good for tomorrow, right? The, the rent, the lease that we signed, we're still good on that, right? Like, that's not something that you expect to do. Honestly, like I said, if anybody's ever dealt with this, I have no idea. I've never heard this before, right? So that was something new that we had to uh, experience now, like I said, it, at that point, it was just so much we were going through. We were just trying to, we were calling people that, you know, that might be in real estate that might also, you know, like I said, call my cousin, just different people who might be able to have an idea of what is going on here. Right. And one thing I've noticed, and it's, it, it kind of sucks. It's just, it's, it's a way of life and you can't really get around it, but it still hurts. Nobody cares about your problem. Nobody, I want to say, nobody cares about our problem. Right. And what I mean by that is, yes, people want 
the problem people want it not to have the problem but they are not going to treat it like it's their problem and i don't expect people to do that i i know as a as a human being it still hurts because the person that we're talking to does not have the same emotion about the topic that we do and they also don't have the information about it because they're not in the field so it's just one of those um what do you call those um i don't know if they call it paradox not a paradox it's a I can't. I don't know what it would be called. It just. It just one of those things of life where you can't really get around it because they're not in it, so they can't be. They don't know the work that we put into it. They just know that we got an Airbnb. It is what it is. Okay, boom, that's it. It's over. Uh, you said they they canceled the lease. All right, just you know, take your stuff back home. Everybody pretty much telling that stat. Just like all right, so whatever, and go about your day. You know, call lawyer, whatever. And these are these are good. It's good advice, right? But it still hurts us. It's almost, this is what I equated to because to me, it feels like this was my child and it was to me, my path to freedom. It was right there in my hand. I felt it. I said, okay, I can see us making 10 plus thousand dollars a month. I can see us doing and getting out of the rat race or getting out of the hole that we're in. I can see it. It's right there. I could grab it. It's, we had the lease. It's signed. So when I hear people tell me just kind of, you know, just move on, chalk it up to, to the game. It is what it is. It's almost like. If somebody were to have an abortion and they said to you, it's don't worry about it, just have another baby. It's a, it'll be okay. It's like no, abortion or miscarriage. Uh I mean baby dots, whatever the case is. Abortion, miscarriage. But if you if the baby you Yeah, it's your fault. If you if you miscarriage and the baby dies, then a person tells you it's okay, these things happen, have another one. And you like Yeah. It does happen, and I, I will have another one. But and that's great advice. Because what else I'm gonna do? I'm gonna not have another one. I'm gonna not get over. It. Like what I'm gonna do? So of course. But there's no, there's nothing you can really do at that point as a person we're talking to. So, and it's it's something that I've learned over time. This is not my first time experiencing this. And for the most part, this is why I don't tell people my problems for this exact reason. Because not it's not that it's not anybody's fault. They can't fix it, so they, there's nothing they can do. They can give advice, but they can't fix the problem. And they honestly, there's no way for them to, that I know of, for them to even empathize because they're not going through this. They have never went through this. So it's just, it's a tough spot to be in when you're hurting and there's no one around that can actually help you. So I know, again, if in the future, this will be one of those things that we've gone through because if, even if you look at our channel and you watch our videos or you've been here for the entire time, We've had this happen with, with wholesaling. We've had this happen with my bike where it gets broken down. I had my bike stolen. You know, my bike was $5,000 when I was only making $800 a week or $700 a week. You know, I've had my bike stolen two or three times and it's debilitating. And there's nothing you can do. You just have to be hurt. And at that time, honestly, what I would do, I remember there was a day where that happened to me. I just went, I just went in my room. I just stayed there. I just was like, I was depressed because I'm like, yo, what is, how do you fix this? There's, how do I get around fixing this, right? So that's something I learned from this. And what I've also learned, it's not something I've also learned. It's just, it's reinforcing the thought that I shouldn't expect anybody to care. That's, I shouldn't expect that. I, that's not expectations I have of other people. I should just tell them what the problem is and then expect them not to care. And I didn't go into it like that. And I feel like I normally do, but I was just so taken back. Like I said, to me, it felt like losing a child. I, you know what? I can't even say it because I never lost a child, so I don't know. But I just I just felt like, I felt heartbroken. That's the perfect term. I felt heartbroken before. So I can expect what is what I will compare it to is heartbroken. Um, so funny enough, so here's some other things that happened with this Airbnb situation, which is like I said, this was a whole crazy, whole crazy thing. So a person that we were going to partner with on this called during the trip. I think on the way over here, they called and was like, hey, man, you know, um, I'm gonna have to back out of the deal. I don't I don't really want to get involved. You know, I only want to do amazing deals right now. I don't want to do good deals. I want to do only want to do the amazing ones. Um and he's talked about he knows somebody's going to start a new business, going to make, that's supposed to make $25,000 a week. He wants to get into doing that. 
So I'm like, listen, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm like, sure, it is what it is. I don't like to rely on people for this reason because this is thing. This is these are the reasons why I don't like to rely on people, and these are the reasons why I personally don't like to tell people what I'm going through for this exact reason. Not let me not say that. I don't like telling people. I don't like expecting people to care about what I'm going through for these reasons like this. So he said, yeah, you know what, man? I, you know, unfortunately, I'm not gonna be able to do it. I'm like, sure, I, it's fine, right? Before that. We were working with someone on the property and uh, they wanted us to sign a contract for something. And we were like, nah, that price is, is not going to work for us. And that kind of fell apart too. Because it just, it, it was, like I said, a lot of things we felt like were just odd that happened for this. It's so weird because, like I said, if you look back on it, there's so many little, like, he fell off, they fell off, the the realtor was acting weird, the owner was fake acting weird. A lot of different things was coming up, a lot of weird little things. So, um, that's kind of, uh, like I said, that's kind of just of it now. So, the plan that we have right now, you know, conclusion on that, put a button on it is we are currently planning to uh, cancel the whole thing, return all the furniture, uh, head back to New York. Today is Wednesday, and we actually have to stay out here until Friday because furniture is still being delivered all week. And if I remember correctly, we might have something being delivered on Saturday. So I don't know if, you, if, it's, if you've seen it on there. I saw, I saw the 20th on there for delivery date. Something, I don't know if you cancel it or if it's coming to change the date. But that will be Saturday. We're supposed to leave on Friday because that's when the Airbnb is up. So we got to stay out here, take all the furniture from the front of the house, bring it to the storage unit. And, you know, that's been its own thing because its furniture is huge. So, uh, like I said, so we're going to just focus on the the other building that we had that we bought a couple of months ago. We also got some news about that one, which is, I mean, I don't know if I'll say it's better or worse or whatever you want to call it, but uh, it's it's uh, progressive information. So we finally got the plans for the building. So now we can submit the application for the permits and we can move forward with that. The issue is that the engineer said that we're going to have to have some foundational work done on the house because of what he found when he was drawn up the plans. So if you don't know about real estate, it's not free. So we're going to have to pay for these additions to the house that we did not plan to do. They have to now take out some stuff in the back. They have to redo the ceiling. They got to redo the back of the wall. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff going on in there. A lot of stuff we got to handle. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, that's the update on Airbnb. Um, they said the guy wants to show us other properties. And at this point, I don't even know how to feel. I'm still, I'm still wounded. So I'm almost kind of like, I don't really trust my decisions because I don't really know what is happening. So I don't, I don't know if I feel hurt still or if I'm over it and I'm making sound decisions. So I just kind of don't want to do anything until I know where, if, until I kind of get an idea of what's happening. He wants us to try and look at other buildings. I'm like, I don't know if you're trustworthy. I don't know if working with you is a good idea because you're saying that Airbnb is going to be canceled. And you're also saying that you have other buildings and and he, this is another thing that was weird too, right? He said that he has listings. He has upcoming listings that he doesn't actually have yet. And he's allowed, he's telling us that we're going to be able to do short-term rentals in those places. And my thing is, how do you know that if you don't have the listing yet? Like, how does that, how did you, how did you under, how did you get that information? You don't have it. So who told you this? And why, if you, if they told you this, why did you sign for the building already? It should already be yours. So I don't even know if the owners are going to be okay with what he's saying. It's a lot of stuff. I'm just kind of like, damn, it's crazy. So that was uh that and this all happened listen this is the thing 
this was this week started off to be the most amazing week of my entire life. I was on cloud nine, and this is this is this is me. This is my this is my thing. This is why I'm like getting too happy. This is exactly why I restrain myself from getting too excited and happy about things because things like this happen all the time. So I try to be very even keel at all times because I don't want to have to feel like this. So I go, you know what? Until it's done, then maybe you can be excited. But even when it's done, there's always more work to do. So there's never a time to be excited. That's how I've been. That's how I've kind of operated. But this week, I was excited. I'm like, okay, we're going to hit our thousand subscribers this week. We got the, we bought the house in Philadelphia. We got three units for Airbnb. We're ex- I'm, you know, this, this is great. I'm excited. I'm on a week-long vacation with my girlfriend. We're going to be sitting in an Airbnb. We're going to be just having fun. We have the kittens with us. It's going to be, a, be driving around. I got a nice rental. I'm like, oh, this is going to be exciting. I'm happy. And then, poof, everything gone. So I'm like, if I choose to not get that excited, then it's like, all right, you know, I can kind of, I think I'd be able to handle things like this a lot better. But on the bright side, because this was, like I said, we did hit 1,000 subscribers. Uh, shout out to my mom and my sister who've been really helping us out a lot. They've really been uh, unsolicited, just going out and getting us subscribers. It's, it's crazy. Um, and on YouTube, you need a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch hours to get monetized. So that means that you can run ads on your videos and you can get paid. Also, you can run ads on the side of your video too. I didn't know that. So look over here. There's probably an ad, or or maybe it's on this side. I don't know. One of these sides is gonna be an ad. Um, so now we can do that. Uh, so normally what happens is once you hit a thousand subscribers, you are eligible and four thousand watch hours. You are eligible to be paid by YouTube through uh, ads. However, there's like a process to do that. So it's, people say it takes like two or three weeks, maybe a month. It's very rare that it happens quickly. But for us, we happen to be in that rare case. And after we got the 1,000 subscribers, we got monetized the, like in three days, like two or three days. They said, okay, boom, you're good. And all of that would have happened in the same week that we had Airbnb. So... We can now run ads and make money on YouTube. We're excited. We're going to start definitely uh, trying to get more content out more frequently, obviously, because the Airbnb thing is gone. Uh, we're going to try and focus on the house, getting our credit up even more to then get more houses down the line. We're still working. But like I say, we'll talk about a gut punch. We'll talk about trying to be resilient. This is it. This is, like I said, the Bamboo Project. Y'all will see us grow into something. It, like I said, it, this is the groundwork. And I feel like one of the reasons why we have this channel is because I don't really think a lot of people have how they got to where they are. Like, the, I think a lot of people have the, the as I was growing, like, oh, I, I hit something big and now you told me go from there to there. Like, let's say you saw Rihanna go from, you know, her first album up to where she is now. But did you see Rihanna when she was like in this in the stage on a stage in uh, her hometown trying to sing? Or did you see her when she was, you know, doing little tiny clubs or trying to learn how to sing or trying to get uh, people like you don't really see that. So I feel like that's why I want to create this, because I really believe that everybody has to go through crazy stuff like this to get to where they want to go to. And I don't think most people document it. So I thought it would be cool to be able to see what it looks like to get there. Um, so. So that's that right now is the the next thing that we're, we're focusing on. And funny enough, another thing that came up, too. So during this trip, uh, Melissa and I were talking about her job as a production assistant. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like you I feel like that. I feel like the production assistant job is taking over the, everything else that we're doing. And she was working 12 hours a day doing that uh, for like four to five days a week. That's going to be the plan for several weeks. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea because I think it's taking away a lot of time, but I think the money can be useful for what we're doing. So I'm like, okay, sure, go ahead. But then when we were in the car, we're having a conversation. I'm like, look, I don't like it, but if it is, it is what it is. And I got the feeling that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you're all the way in this, if you're doing the production assistant thing. So we started talking about it. She said, okay, you know what? I don't want I don't even like doing it. She told us what she told me. I don't like doing it. And she said, my, I go there. I don't really learn anything. I'm sitting there. I feel like I'm wasting my time. I'm getting paid, but I'm, I can't do anything else. So she decided to stop doing it. And I think it's crazy because she decided to stop doing it. And then 
I, my whole thing was we're getting an Airbnb. How are you going to manage doing an Airbnb if you're working at that job? And then she stopped. She said, you know what? This conversation made me see, you know what? It's not really something I want to do. Okay. Same week, day later, Airbnb is gone. So it's like, so now she's not working right now. The Airbnb is gone. We have the uh, credit stuff uh, that we have going forward. That's kind of what, we, what we're moving with right now. So we have we have some ideas that we're gonna kind of put into fruition. But let me tell you, these are not. These are not. This was not none of this was planned. This is none of this was like, in my, in my my vision. I didn't see how anything was gonna happen. I can't, I could not. You could not have told me that signing a lease. Like it will be canceled after you sign a lease for the moving date. You can't tell me that. So, um, yeah, something else I wanted to bring up. This is what I want to talk about with the. It's like with small business owners, right? Because I've always had a problem with this. This is one of my biggest issues I have with people who are starting as entrepreneurs. Is I feel like a lot of memes and you know YouTube videos and Instagram tweets and stuff. They say like, know your worth. Don't let nobody undercharge you. Uh, when you go into your first deal, tell them you want the most money, right? Things like things of that nature, right? I mean, exaggerating a little bit, obviously, but that's what that's what that happens. So, I feel like a lot of people don't understand that you have to know your worth. You can't assume that you're worth more than you are just because you want to be. And I think that that's a problem that small entrepreneurs have. I feel like. I've, I've, listen, I'm a victim to it too when I was younger. I feel like you want to, you feel like you should be getting paid $100,000. You feel like my time is worth $75, $89 an hour, right? And it's like, okay, it may be if you have the qualifications and you have the experience to do something like that. But I feel like a lot of times people come into situations where they don't have that and they feel like they should be entitled to that. Yeah, because I'm like my, and again, this is my theory. It might work for y'all. It may not. I'm not saying to cut yourself short. I'm saying to know what you're worth. Like, you know what you're worth. Like, you have to learn that. And I think that for me, I always like to go work for a free route. A lot of people don't have experience. They don't have a portfolio. They don't have history. They don't have a resume. So build one. If you don't have any of those things and you come in and you're saying, well, I want to charge with the person that has all experience charges. It's like, why would, what for what? Why would I pay that? Um, Melissa did this earlier. She worked for free as a production assistant. She worked for free got on her, her resume. Then she got another job. Okay, now she has two for one for for free, and the second one she got was seventy five dollars an hour. And then it's like, okay, now she's moving up, but she worked for free. Somebody hit us up recently. Uh, he wants to do the thumbnails. I'm like, all right, cool, that's fine with me. I'm okay with doing the thumbnails, but <laughs> I'm not gonna pay you to do the thumbnails if you're offering me. Now, if you if you do it for free and then I like it, I will pay you. But you're not, I'm not going to pay you if you're offering it to me. I wasn't looking for this service. And I don't even know. I have to. If your, your work has to be so good that I'm like, okay, I'll do it. How much do you charge? Right? Like that should be what the what the, the mindset should be. You should come into it. If you, again, this is if you are starting out. If you already have something established and you say, hey, listen, I do have a service that I charge X amount of dollars for. You know, what do you, you know, do you want to use it? I can't see myself emailing somebody and being like hey i charge 150 an hour for photography do you want to can i work with you unless here's this is two reasons you could do that again you have to know your worth if you know that your work is very good and you're doing that then sure if you're like damn i see you have some people right now you're working with i think that i can do you better than them and also i feel like you have to have a price that's competitive i don't even think you have to even be free but you can't come to me and be like listen I'm going to charge you five times what you're paying right now for my service. Why would I do that? Unless, like I said, unless you could tell me, oh, I can get your your picture in front of this person or that person. Or I could make sure that you're seeing this many videos or whatever. Whatever the case is, you have to be able to, to show that you can do that. But that's a little pet peeve I have along as well as when people, when people who are new to business go into the business and then they're shy. Like they're 
they are uh, apprehensive about everybody they're working with. They think everybody's trying to steal their idea. Honestly, like I said, I had to learn this early also. Nobody is probably going to steal your idea. Like for the most, like 99% of people's ideas are not going to get stolen. And if they are going to get stolen now, they would have gotten stolen when you started the idea. So if you're a photographer, if you're a, uh, you're doing like, it's a lot of different things that nobody is trying to steal. You're like, yo, bro, I'm thinking about making a, a bottle cap that turns, that opens itself. And you go, all right, bro, I'm going to tell you why nobody's going to steal that. Right? Here's why. If somebody's going to steal your idea and do it, better than you, then what were you going to do when you had the, the business in the first place? They were going to beat you regardless. And then it's like, do you even have, do you even have the resources to do this? Do you think the person who you're talking to has the resources to do this? People, like I said, as an entrepreneur starting out, I understand you, you're scared. You don't want nobody to take your idea. But let me tell you, if you, wherever you live at, I can guarantee you in another city, another state, there's a college of people who have thousands of ideas every single day nobody is worried about the idea that you think you have right now like if they're not and if they trust me if people were worried if people were trying to steal your idea you'd be rich already like if you had an idea that people were trying to steal and you brought it to somebody somebody would pay you for that but nobody's gonna pay you for that so it's something like i said something i learned growing you know getting older yeah i think i'm gonna wrap this one up early um i want to do donovan's question though and people who are uh, COVID phobic, this is your time to leave the podcast because I know how people get, you hear the word COVID, you hear anybody that doesn't think about the way you think about it and you get scared and run off. So I'm just giving you some time to know right now. I'm about to speak about it. So for people who have a, a, a attachment to it, I advise you to not be triggered and to leave. So uh, my question right now is if the vaccine is supposed to keep you safe, why do you care if someone else has it or not? That's my question, okay? If the vaccine is supposed to keep you safe, why do you care if I or someone else has it? Yeah, these are just a couple of things. It's not, you know, I'm gonna wrap this up really soon. Just things that come to my mind, I don't really understand them. So they have religious exemptions for COVID, like for the vaccine. So if you if you're a certain religion, you don't have to get the vaccine. Now, how does that make any sense? How if if how does think about that? They want everybody to be healthy, right? You want everybody to quote unquote be healthy. That's why you're pushing the vaccine. But the government's saying, well, if you're a part of this religion, then don't worry about it. You don't have to get it. So the religion makes you what from the vaccine? Does it help you not spread it? Does it help you not get it? Does it help you not be as sick? Because I don't understand how that works. I don't get it. And I stopped looking at the numbers for COVID because they are so, I don't, I don't even want to say inflated. They're just all over the place. So you could look at one article and they'll say that a uh, 100,000 people, oh, that's a mosquito. Yeah, I'm like, bruh. Then they tell you, this because it's so much craziness. They'll say to you, there were 100,000 new cases today, Right? And everybody's, oh my God, 100,000 new cases. And it's like, bro, people get sick every day. People have the cold every day. People get, people die all the time. So it's like, just saying somebody has cases doesn't mean anything. And if you look at the death tolls, it's, again, it's, it's so much muddied information about it. It's hard for me to trust any of what they're saying at this point. It's been so, the unrolling of this marketing campaign has been so bad, I don't trust what they're saying. It's almost like a rapper when they come out and they start, uh, uh, having all this freaking beef with people. They start saying, man, this person stole my girl. They trying to beat up my kid. I have to pay child support. And then they come up with a prank video and a beef challenge. And you just like, yeah, I don't really trust anything you're saying. Cause I know you're about to have an album come out soon. You're just saying whatever you can to get it hyped up. That's how I feel about this. Because every time I look up, it's something totally different. People are okay with mandating the vaccine and a mask, right? But people are not okay with government banning a mass mandate or a vaccine mandate, right? It's, it's little things like that that go, what is what is really going on? This doesn't make any sense. And that's why for me, like I said, I want to stay out of it because another thing I read recently is they're going to have booster shots, right? Which is not necessarily too new, not like new information, but they're going to have people taking the vaccine regularly, like Every right now, I think it's every eight months you have to take the vaccine, right? And I'm like, no one in history of 
the the pharmaceutical company pharmaceutical companies here right known history of drugs here known history of quote-unquote cures here or what do you call the other one that's not a cure where it doesn't actually stop the problem it just kind of yeah there's another word like this is like they have aid stuff but it's not a cure yeah so they have, they have a lot of treatments they have a lot of cures so i'm like what are the odds that they would just make some more treatments so I already, I believe going forward, it's going to be a situation where, like I said, you will have, people have to get vaccinated like every other month or something like that. Or it'll be a pill that you just have delivered to your house and you just sign up for it and you just take the pill all the time. It's something, it's so crazy. This is so crazy. None of this makes any sense. None of it makes any sense. And again, for the people in the back, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not pro-vaccine. I just want you to be able to choose what you want to do, right? If you feel like the vaccine is safe, by all means, take it. If you feel like it's not safe, by all means, don't. But for the government to come in and tell you, you have to take it, even if you don't want to. And that's the problem. I talked about this last week. It's, it's going to be a problem when the people who are taking it and they say, okay, well, now you who are taking it, now we need you to do X. X could be, we need you to take it every other week, every other day, and you got to show us your car. This is a bunch of nonsense, right? All I'm saying is, look more into it. I've been looking into it. It don't make any sense. If you think it makes sense and you have information on it, honestly, honestly, completely, to be completely honest, I would love to read what you guys have on it that makes you feel like it's safe because a lot of people I know who've taken it, uh, they've taken it because their school said they couldn't go back to school. That people said they got a week off of work. People said they get free food. People uh, want to just travel. But, but people ain't really, really talking about something. Yeah, man, I don't want to die. I don't really know. And then, let me say that. People are not telling me the information that they've read about it or heard of, or seen about themselves and researched themselves. Not what you heard on TV, not what you heard on the news, what you looked up on social media, what a person looked up themselves and said, you know what? I think this is something that I should do. That's all I'm saying. Look it up yourself. If you think it makes sense after you look it up yourself, then by all means, go for it. Because then when somebody comes to you and says, yo, this is some bullshit, you can go, well, actually, actually, that's not true. This is what I read. That's what I read. Whatever. And you see, at least have an argument as opposed to, well, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I don't, man, it's better. I, I don't even, or they lie and say this. I don't even care, bro. It's this, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. It is what it is. People love that line. It's just like, well, whatever. Just shrug it off. But like I said this was going to be a short episode because I'm still trying to cope with this Airbnb thing. Uh, I'm going to have to edit this podcast tomorrow, put it up for Friday. We have videos coming out for our new monetization. Uh, I might put up our analytics, going to put up, you know, just our idea, what we think about YouTube so far, if it's worth it, things like that. Um, it's kind of our experience doing it. But I'm going to uh, wrap this up. All right, so if you haven't already, you can go check out social medias. Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y. And you have the phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne. A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. So the Bamboo Project is made up of six different projects, all right? You have the Food Project. You have the Clothing Project. You have the Music Project. You have the Fitness Project. You have the Sports Project. And you have the bamboo project podcast which you are listening to right now you know what it is hashtag bamboo project 2021 we going up all year you know the vibes and with that being said bamboo project out